As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I am your host, Josh G. And today we are continuing on with Film Effect Vember, Timber. I'm not sure when this is coming out yet, but I'm going to have them all on. But please welcome another member of the Film Effect Podcast, Andrew, to the show. Greetings and salutations. And I like how you ended it with Vember or Timber. <laughs> exactly, because I'm not sure when I'm getting this out yet. <laughs> it's going to be one of them. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, so obviously you were on last year, but for anyone that maybe hadn't caught that episode, why don't you tell everyone about the Film Effect podcast? Uh, it's my brother's podcast that he's been passionate about for the past couple of years. Um, it, it's been like, it's coming up on three years, actually, I believe, but either way, you know, it's, it's something that me and him tossed around for a while, and he's the one who pulled the trigger, and him and his buddy Sean, you know, started at it. Um, Sean, sadly, is no longer with us, but still the show rolls on we've got quite the few others jocelyn justin Corey, myself ed so you know but it's it's a it's a good hobby for him to have it's a good you know entertainment product to put out for others so you know having a good time been been a, a great couple of year a couple of year run for sure and thank you for listening if you do yeah and if you haven't listened after this episode make sure to Go on over there and check it out. Have you done a deep dive on this particular movie? I feel like we did. Actually, I thought so. Yes. I thought so. Yes. Uh, between below and this, I mean, there's I go back and forth over which one is my absolute like all time favorite. So, well, now we've covered them both, so that works. That works great. <laughs> or at least we will sure, have no after doubt. this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you've never seen it, so um, I had never seen it. Have you seen it now? I have seen it now. Yes, okay, I watched cool, it. Cool. I watched it for the show. Yes, good, good. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to go into these completely blind. That would be a little difficult for me to try to. <laughs> I, I just didn't know if I was trying to sell the product or. You are <laughs> that 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 is the point is to sell yeah, it for yeah. other listeners. But I want to make sure I've at least seen it. <laughs> sure, sure, understandable. <laughs> and trust me, I've had episodes where I have the guests <clears throat> try to sell it to me after I've watched it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, because I was still like, mm, is this really that great? I don't know. <laughs> and I think a lot of this all depends on when you see stuff, too. So, Yeah, but, no doubt. I mean, you know, you got to have some sort of ideas to bounce off of. So. so let's get into it. Going back to, I think it was 1998. This is SLC Punk. Meet Steve-O and Bob. They're the only two punks living in Salt Lake City. What the hell are you? We're from England. That's why we seem so weird to you, man. With only one way to escape. Critics say it's John Hughes meets Sid and Nancy. Truly original, fresh and hip, and in your face. I am the future of this great nation. Matthew Lillard, Michael Gorgian, Salt Lake City punk. I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Rated R. All right, Andrew. So when did you first see this? Uh, I first saw this. I don't remember the exact year, which is terrible because I'm on point with years and release dates. But I think it was like 2000, 2001. 
my brother Ed, who is the helm of the podcast, um, went to Record and Tape Trader. Record and Tape Trader is uh, for those of you that are not familiar, where you could go and you could buy CDs, you could buy DVDs, videotapes, so on and so forth. If you were big into wrestling, like we were back in the day. It was the easiest way to like get to like tapes and videos and whatnot that you wouldn't see on television because a lot of wrestling was underground at the time. Um, with that being said, he picked it up because we were big into punk rock. Well, he was. I got 2000. I'm 11 years old, so he's 16. He's big into punk rock. I'm just listening to whatever the hell he listens to. And, it, you know, he was big into the scene at the time as as I was when I started to grow older and formative. So it was it was like one of those movies you sit back and watch and it's like, yeah, this is going to happen to us when we get older as far as like realizing what life is about and whatnot and realizing that you're part of a scene. It's not gospel. So but yeah, I would say it was about 2000, 2001 record and tape trader. He picked it up, brought it back to our grandmother's house and we watched it. And that would be the first time that I watched it. And it was with Corey as well. I'm sure he was there during that because we've been friends with Corey for that long as well. So Okay, so for anyone that is not familiar, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about what it's about? So SLC Punk is about two guys in particular, one named Steve-O and one, <laughs> name, one, one name, ironically enough, Heroin Bob, a guy who has never done heroin nor drugs right. in his entire life. It, it's basically about their ideology and being in conservative Salt Lake City, Utah in 1984, you know, um, during the time of Ronald Reagan great president by the way but that's beside the point uh so they're basically trying to figure out life in general you know steve-o was invited to go to harvard law school but didn't because he chose to be an anarchist and continue forth with his ideology of punk rock and have fun and be a kid i guess i mean i don't they never really say the age in the film but it's to be assumed it's like 20 um, fresh out of high school, turned down college, and is now just living their bumish, their their best bumish life. It's it's basically about them learning about how, I guess, again, being part of the punk rock culture, I get it to some, it probably won't, but anarchy is obviously not the way of life. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm realizing that they're just more or less posers in the long run, but uh, it was great for me being a young kid at the time, trying to learning, ch trying to learn life myself. So that's why I feel like I enjoy it as much as I do. Um, it really reflects upon the person that I was at the time. Whilst learning the lessons, it also reflects upon the person that I am today. Yeah, I was going to get into why is it this connects with you so well? Because I know you said between this and blow, these are your top two. Because and. You said your lifestyle at the time. I'm sure. I'm sure your brother being into it was a big influence on you as well, more than likely, just because he's your older brother. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, he would go to concerts, and then it got to the point where I was like, "Well, I want to go too." And then, <laughs> you know, we've probably been to like over a hundred fucking concerts in our lifetime, or whatever have you. Um, oh, I yeah. think he put out something recently. He's been to. Oh my goodness, it was in the thousands. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he's he's been to an unheard of amount of concerts so to put it into context my favorite uh, band is the bouncing souls i've probably seen them 16 17 times somewhere around that number ed's seen them somewhere in the 30s almost so oh wow okay wow <laughs> i'll never forget back in 2001 he came back from a bouncing souls and flogging molly show 
at the nation and he literally didn't have one shoe on he he had a shoe on his left or right foot but the other one was gone that he lost the crowd <laughs> surfing event so oh well well fun times i'm glad so it spoke to you and ed then this movie did at the time yeah for sure 100 percent uh more ed than me at the time but as i grew older and understood it started to reach out to me a lot more Okay, I, I'm curious about that. So explain a little bit further into that. How did it start to grow on you in that way? Because, again, I was really young at the time, so I'm obviously influential like toward whatever is in front of my face, I suppose. Ed was more 16, 17, going to punk rock concerts and living that lifestyle. I would contest that I was probably more into the punk rock lifestyle in my, I guess, adolescent years than Ed was. Um, Ed went to a lot of shows and whatnot, but I was like hanging out with punk punks and anarchists and being a fucking hooligan and whatnot. Not something that I recommend, by the way. But, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, I feel like this film reached out to me pretty well because it kind of it was one of that. I sat down one day, watched it and realized, like, holy shit, they are right. <laughs> we are all a bunch of posers waiting to grow up. So. That's why I feel like it reached out to me a lot. And I still love it to this very day because it still sends that message to people that don't quite understand. Okay. I think that sets it up pretty well. So now, as you know, we don't go into the deep dive format. If you guys are looking for the deep dive version, head over to Film Effect. They have covered this film because now we get into the fun part of the show. <laughs> and the way this movie ends, I mean, there are ways you could do it, but... How would you have done a sequel back in the day? So for better or worse, there is a sequel and it's not great from what I've heard. I've never seen it. Oh, I did I not really, know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I really have no interest in seeing it, but there is a sequel. So we're going to pretend like that doesn't exist. And I'm going to get into how I feel as if if there was a sequel, it should have done it. So uh, the two films really have nothing to do with each other. Um but there's a film called American History X where basically the older brother gets into some shit and the younger brother is also getting into it while the older brother has already learned from the lesson. So he is actively trying to teach the younger brother not to do that, not to live that lifestyle. Right. So hypothetically, if there was like an SLC punk too, I would like to think that Steve-O is in Harvard at this point and he's trying to teach maybe a young adolescent, not an adolescent at this point, he's probably like 2021 or whatever, uh, like how to just be a little bit more uh less anarchaic i guess <laughs> i should say to you know enjoy the music that you enjoy but the lifestyle doesn't need to come with it once the lifestyle comes with it if you're listening to punk rock music like dead kennedys and the adolescents and whatnot that's when you start to realize like these guys are just having fun playing music but you don't have to live the lyrics that they're spewing. You know what I mean? Like just have fun listening to the music that you're listening to. It doesn't have to be gospel. Like I said earlier. So I don't know about the, you know, the ins and outs of it, but I would probably revolve the story around that. I would probably have a couple of key characters come back into play, maybe even Sean, especially or whatever have you. But, you know, there are some key characters from the films that could pop back up, but I feel like the film would revolve around Steve-O who at the time would still be have been played by Matthew Lillard and just get a younger guy. Doesn't have to be super young. Again, y'all are in college is how I would probably play out this sequel and just get somebody that needs to learn them. Some, you know, some 
some dude getting give him a mohawk, I guess, <laughs> yeah. a punk vest. But either way, that it would be like a learning tool of how to not portray the lifestyle that you listen to in your music. I feel like a lot of kids have trouble with that. So it would be pretty meaningful in itself. But that's, yeah, that's how I would spend it. Now let's get to what, I don't know if this movie would do it, but this is the thing that could happen, and that would be the modern-day remake and who you would put in a film like this. So I guess first and foremost would be um, Steve-O, obviously. God, I'm having a hard time remembering the guy's name. Who's playing Willy Wonka in this film? In the new one? Yeah, Timothy Hamlet. That's how you spell it. Like? I okay. think I think it's Calamay, but I could yeah, be wrong. But that yeah. sounds about yeah, that or Chalamet. It's obviously the T is silent, but honestly, I'd probably put him up. A reason being is because he's a he's a young guy. He's twenty seven. You know, he's probably somewhere relevantly close to what Matthew Litter was in ninety nine. But he he's also an up and coming actor that seems to be able to. Um, you know, he he's he's I want to say he's different. That sounds kind of generic, though, but he seems like somebody who could be put into a quirky role, like an anarchist, if you will. Somebody who's energetic the way that Matthew Little was It's for Matthew Little to kind of like bounce off of. You know what I mean? I think, again, we've we've stated I would keep Matthew Lillard. If, if I mean, I guess if we're talking plans of remakes, then. Yeah, he would go into that spot, but um, he would probably be my go-to guy. As far as, um, see, it's kind of hard with Heroin Bob, because Bob is like a really, really different character, but at the same time, he was portrayed by an actor that didn't have like any sort of credibility. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's hard to say who I would pick as Bob. I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart right now. But... Oh, you're fine. Yeah, no, and no doubt, not everyone in this movie was known. So, yeah, that's that's why it's kind of hard because they're really not known per se. But I, I think I think the surprise I found in this was Jason Siegel because I didn't have any idea he was in it, and I was like, "Yes, oh yes. wow!" <laughs> it's so funny you say that because, as much of a fan of this film as I am, I never noticed it was Jason Siegel until like a few years ago, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's that's Jason Siegel." <laughs> He throws some dude's head into a wall because he was wearing a beanie. Like what? <laughs> that was that was a great character just because he seemed so mild mannered to be with this group. I was like, man, he doesn't seem like he fits. And then he goes off in that scene you're talking about. Well, yeah, well, that's also kind of like the ideology. He's he's into the punk rock scene because of the music, but he's not into the punk rock scene because of the anarchic lifestyle or whatever right. have you. So I always kind of like. I always kind of connected with him because okay. he he's I was always like laid back. I don't really talk or anything like that. But at the snap of a finger, I could just go off, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not anymore. I've, I'm definitely a lot more calm down now. But, you know, back in the day, I was I was I was somebody that didn't talk until I did talk. And when I did talk, it was, you know, obnoxious in a way. But, um, yeah, it's hard to say who I would like say in a remake i could say a sequel for sure but it's hard to say in a remake because again they're they're all a bunch of actors that were really not known at all except for matthew lillard who at the time you know was in screen which was a 
yeah, it, I, yeah. I would say world-renowned film at the time. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like he's a nobody, but the rest of the people were just people that were trying to get up there and get their acting credits in. So, well, his dad, his dad, Shooter yeah, McGavin that, from that, Happy Gilmore. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. He said, I didn't sell out. I bought in, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of my favorite scenes in the film, too. But yeah, if I if I remade it, I would. I would probably put Timothy up there, like I said, as Steve-O, and then I would probably just get a bunch of no-name actors to get their mm-hmm. names up there. And I know that may be a cop-out, but at the same <laughs> time, that's the essence of this film, you know what I mean? So It is, it is. It would be a weird one to have a bunch of people you know. Like It, it wouldn't fit the scene, because you wouldn't be able to buy in at what it, you do. And it wouldn't fit the energy either, I, I right. feel like. All right, so here's what I want you to do. Give that... One last final pitch on one of someone should check SLC Punk out if they haven't, or give it a revisit if they it's been a while and maybe they don't think they can connect with it. All right. So to anybody that's big into music the way that I am, um, to anybody that's big into punk music, especially the way that I am, punks and and anarchists, I guess, have this really weird way of perception on life um, as to you know, their everyday lives, how they handle themselves, their ideology and whatnot. Um, if you want to see a movie that kind of tells you that you're wrong, <laughs> SLC Punk is certainly that. Um, the reason that I like SLC Punk so much is because I was big into that genre of music. I was big into that lifestyle. And I watched it way back in 2000, loved it, watched it again in 2005, started to realize, you know, little by little how much this film meant to me but also how much this film, like I'm, I'm not personally emulating this film, but I feel like this film was reflections of the way that I lived back then. Not, not that I was homeless living with heroin Bob or anything like that, but I was going to punk rock shows and I was hanging out with some pretty sketchy people. This film kind of explains what punk rock culture is. Um, There's another film that came out. I want to say in like 2004, it's called the anarchist cookbook that does a really good way of uh, explaining punk rock culture as well. I just feel like this film connects with people a lot more. It's um, especially with Matthew Lillard being at the helm of it. I mean, Matthew Lillard is a great actor and he's a very energetic actor and he's just so fun to watch from point A to point B to this film and let me tell you point a and point b are two completely different emotional scales yep um so yeah the film is just magnificent even if you're not into punk rock it's it's a it's one of those coming of age stories of realization of what life is and what life can be but you know you are the you're the captain of this life so you have to steer the ship in the correct uh, path I feel like Steve-O started to do that toward the end. But yeah, I mean, if you're into that coming-of-age film, that's told certainly differently from that of your, you know, one of my other favorite films, Stand By Me. It's obviously a completely different film from that, but they both kind of touch upon the same subject matter of growing up, growing old, and understanding, and, you know, becoming that person that you're going to be later on in life. So, if you've never seen SLC Punk, it's a one of my favorite films of all time, obviously, but it's a coming of age film that's completely different from any of the mold that you've already seen. Uh, and if you haven't seen it in a while, you know, go back and go back and rewatch it for sure. I mean, you know, you've, I don't need to pitch the film to you, obviously, but I feel like the older I get, the more that ending hits. 
Mm. Uh, the more that mm. realization, even before the ending, like when they go to Bob's dad's house or whatnot, and Bob just starts to like lose his mind, like fuck, I'm in the wrong place at the wrong wrong time. Like, yeah, you kind of are. <laughs> so, yeah, if you've if you've never seen it, highly recommend to do so. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend you to recheck it. But it's it's a fantastic coming of age film that shouldn't be just ignored. You know what I mean? There you go. I think that sums it up nicely. All right, Andrew, we're going to wrap this one up. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if you're out there, where they can find the podcast, all the good stuff. So you can find, you know, the podcast on Twitter, film. I believe it's Film Effect Pod, right? Yep. Yep. And then (laughs) I'm on Twitter as well. I don't don't ever use Twitter, but I am on Twitter. Um, But I'm more or less on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, my Instagram, if you so choose to find me, is Birdman182, and my f- Facebook is my name, Andrew Snyder. So, <laughs> if you ever want to reach out to me or you know find me on the interwebs, that's where you would find me. Uh, or you can find us on Fewercast or the Film Effect Podcast. Uh, me, my brother Ed, uh, some of our best friends, Justin, Corey, Jocelyn, Jeff forgot to mention Jeff earlier. Jeff is new to the podcast, so my apologies. Right. Uh, but yeah, that, that's where you can find us. And by God, do so. You know, it's, it's it's fun recording with everybody. It's fun, you know, being a part of the the cinematic world the way that we have been. Me and my brother have always bounced these ideas around. So I'm glad that we're putting pen to paper. And thank you to those that do watch it. Um, I really and truly do appreciate it, as well as everybody else. I feel like I can speak upon their matter. All right. And as always, you can follow the show at YNF Movie Pod on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. You can just go to linktr.ee slash YNF Movie Pod. It'll have the YouTube channel. It'll have my letterbox where you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the pod. It has some other social media accounts that I don't really use anymore, so I wouldn't worry too much about those, but... I think next week we will be back with Ed and we will be concluding film effect Vember slash Timber, whichever it ends up being. So one of those old boys. (laughs) (laughs) So until then, you guys take care and I'll talk to you next time.